0: I don't want it just to be about the caps and that mm. even if I'm running along with someone I won't mention that I'm selling caps and things like that <laughs> don't carry a bunch with you no and a car no. machine <laughs> <laughs> No I, I, that's that's something secondary to me yeah. you know I, I mean the, the community is the thing that I really love about all of it just meeting people out there mm. and just chatting with them and hearing people's stories and things like that yeah, and totally. how they got into it and yeah you know, everyone's got it everyone's got a story to tell.
1: Hello and welcome to Outlandish Season 1, Episode 3, with me, Ed Scott. My guest this week is Daryl Hanstein, a trail runner and father of two originally from South Africa, but now living in Amersham. Darryl is the founder and chief headwear officer of Ugoku Projects, a trail headwear company. As a headwear enthusiast myself, who hardly ever goes for a run without a cap on, I've tried many different brands of cap, and I can honestly say that Ugoku, for me, makes the best. Daryl's attention to detail really shines through in the product, which he spent over a year developing in collaboration with multiple different manufacturers. Quite excitingly, there's some bonus video footage accompanying this week's episode. Check the show notes wherever you're listening for a link to a YouTube video in which Daryl walks us through five iterations of the same cap. It's quite mind-blowing to see how incremental improvements in each step, some of which are hard to even really notice, result in a cap that is just exponentially better. This episode was recorded in person at Daryl's home in April 2022. We discussed Daryl's running journey so far and how he went about putting together Ugoku projects. We also spoke at length about Centurion running and the 2021 50 mile grand slam during which Daryl and I actually met. I should mention that at the very beginning of this episode, there is an expletive that I have bleeped out, which might seem a little out of context, but all will be revealed in the final episode of this series. If you enjoy the episode today, do give us a follow on Instagram at outlandish.run, or you can visit the website, which is also outlandish.run. And now, Daryl Hanstein. Cool. Well, Daryl, welcome to the podcast. Thanks
0: very much. Um,
1: It's a good opening to talk about shit, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks for welcoming. We're in Daryl's lovely house here in Amersham. How long have you lived here.
0: Amersham has been probably five years now. Five yeah, years. Yeah. And
1: you were London-based before that?
0: Yeah, coming in from West London, as I think majority of Amersham is, all from West London heading yeah. over to Amersham. Yeah, it's sort of... When you find out about the schools and that, you're like, oh yeah, maybe I should move. And yeah. that was what happened with us.
1: But you're not originally from
0: the UK, right? No, from South Africa originally. Moved over year 2004. So January 2004. Came over with like a little wheelie. Carry-on suitcase and a skateboard, and that was it. And oh, yeah, cool! Yeah, uh, did you run in
1: South Africa, or is this a more recent thing?
0: The ultra stuff started off more recently, but in South Africa, and that I ran some stuff for the school. Mm. And being a really small school, mm. like you to get on the hundred-meter team wasn't very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> you ran. Was, you ran sprint. Yeah, I was like. I wasn't very good at it, but being a very small school, if you get third place at the 100 meter, you make the relay team for (laughs) inter-school, and then just got absolutely obliterated. We went to to a different school and that. um, The teams were so much better than us. Mm. We're like from a small town, probably similar population to Amersham. Mm -hmm. Which is what, like? twenty 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 two thousand, 22,000, I think like that. I've always
1: thought it was bigger because it's got a tube station, and you just associate it with like yeah it being significant because it has got a tube station but it's, yeah it's actually smaller than the town i grew up in which is yeah
0: yeah if you if you are around the tube station early hours of the morning and that's coming off the train from london there's a lot of um taxis in that because a lot of people come in here mm. and then just taxi to wherever they're off wherever they're living in that so yeah, of course on
1: on the subject of like living an adventurous lifestyle you know you love the great outdoors how do you find living in living in, a, in the southeast um, in Amersham. like You're right on the footsteps of the Chilterns here, right? So you've got a lot to explore.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. That was yeah. the best part about moving out here because we were in Northolt before we came out here. Mm-hmm. We, and um, I'd often head over to that park where you got the three lumps, which is all the... Uh, oh, right. Do you know the three hills when you're heading on the A40? There's oh, a, possibly, yeah, I think so, yeah. There's those three hills, yeah. and that was all waste dumped from Wembley oh great <laughs> so they were dumping it there and then that was the sort of thing they were going to do was make the park you know a lovely park with mm-hmm. a couple of little lakes at the back little ponds and um, right. I used to just run there which is about two kilometers from the house run yeah. up those hills and then run back down and then run run home again mm-hmm. um, and then coming out here and you got access to all the footpaths yeah and it's just
1: amazing I mean you, you, you can, can see from your window an amazing yeah. view of the trails and yeah. you must be able to get on them within a few hundred meters right
0: yeah, about two hundred, two hundred and fifty meters. Just go between the houses here, yeah, and then you are across the road, and you're, you're on the trails. It's a dream. So yeah. you don't do
1: much road, then I take it. No. Although in winter around here, it can get pretty.
0: If it gets sluggy. Yeah, when it's when it's dark. If I get back home and it's dark, I'll I'll often just go on the roads. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just that fear coming from South Africa originally. Heading into the woods at night is not the <laughs> <laughs> ideal location to be. Yeah, I suppose not. Um, yeah,
1: but now that spring has sprung, I suppose it's a. It's a lot easier to go on some evening
0: yeah, runs. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the trail so much. I, mm. It's not good for speed work, but um, <laughs> yeah. It's not <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, not all about speed so.
1: So you're the founder of Ugoku Projects. Yeah.
0: Can you like tell me in a nutshell
1: what Ugoku Projects is?
0: Ugoku Projects. Um, to come up with the name was a battle in its own. Yeah. Just because if you look up names online and you're trying to start a limited company. Yeah almost every single name you can come up with, even if you're just ramming letters together, that name's been taken. Yeah. <laughs> so then we came across a Goku. Um it's a Japanese, it's, right? It's a Japanese word which means to move. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole inspiration was just like aimed at movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then project is obviously working towards a goal. Mm. So it's a movement goal, mm-hmm. so to speak. Starting it off on that it was just a whole lot of iterations of caps and so you
1: make caps for not exclusively for runners then i suppose i saw a, a inline skater on your instagram right
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I, was, I just thought it sort of encompasses a different yeah. form of movement and just totally. getting out and enjoying enjoying yeah, Cause not yeah. everyone has access to trail no of course. yeah people are doing different things as well yeah 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 so i thought that would be a good one to sort of incorporate and um, it's a
1: family-run business right
0: you and yeah. your wife yeah, yeah, my wife and I, and she's the numbers. Yeah. She's, she's an accountant, so she crunches right. all the numbers and tells me how poorly I'm doing. And, <laughs> um, and you went but, through, um, I have to confess, I've got an Goku Projects cap yeah. that Daryl gave me. Yeah,
1: um, And it is, you know, Daryl's my friend, so I was like, yeah, I'll have your cap. It's yeah. genuinely the best cap I've got. Um, Thank you. The quality of it is is amazing. And I, having seen today all the iterations that you've gone through, which... If you're watching this on video, you'll see. Yeah, you went through a lot of different versions of the caps to find the right one. Yeah, yeah. This but isn't just a quick a quick turnaround. No, sadly know. not. No. <laughs> yeah, but it shows, right? The quality is incredible. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, I was adamant from the beginning that I wanted something that's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just yeah, you get so many caps at like you said to me earlier fall apart on you yeah, yeah. and and that was important to have well it felt
1: like in lockdown particularly i don't know if it was because of lockdown or because um just because everyone was on social media more but i felt like i was suddenly aware of so many more clothing companies in general but particularly caps i don't know why um yeah. not going to name any names but you know i bought a few and and the quality really varies yeah um so to have a cap that is just go to reliable yeah. quality how how was that Processed? Was it a lot of back and forth with the same manufacturer or with multiple different manufacturers?
0: Yeah, I started with a different manufacturer in the beginning, mm. trying to keep it closer to home and have someone that I could communicate with easily and yeah. get a, a good product. And I know they're making caps for other uh, UK based companies. Mm-hmm. So I thought they'll be a good one to go to. But then I just found there were a few things that i wasn't happy with Mm. so i wanted to try someone else and then i got some samples made with a different company working directly with manufacturers in china Mm -hmm. and their product was just so much more superior yeah um the quality the cost of the product is more because the quality of materials and things that they're doing using sorry are a lot better yeah so it makes it difficult to price the product as well, because coming new to market, yeah. you want that accessibility of product, yeah. and you don't want to outprice yourself. So that was a tricky thing to sort of work with, mm-hmm. trying to find a good price point for that. And as a result, I've sort of put myself out of the retail field, because... Right,
1: like the, the, the bricks and mortar shops and things. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Because I had a long chat with someone that was helping me out um, from one of the retail stores, giving me the ins and outs of that, which I have no idea of, because mm. it's a complete, completely new venture and something I'm totally unfamiliar with. And he was saying everything is two times. Mm. So if they they buy something for 15 pound, they're going to sell it for 30. Right. And I can't sell to him for fifteen because yeah, that's yeah, it's 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 too low. I'll be losing money straight away. Luckily, we live in an age when
1: you can, you don't need to go to the big retailers to sell your product. Like you've set up quite a strong social media presence already, and you know you've found a community of people who are interested in the
0: product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 up and down with anything. Yeah, you know, you try you trying to get seen out there. Yeah. And sort of break into the market, which is difficult just to get above all the noise mm. of the industries out there. And like you say, so many people have come out with different caps and clothing lines and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. In terms of
1: design, like the actual aesthetics of the hat, like you've got this pink and blue one that I love, and it's got this amazing uh, flower design on the inside. Like, where did all that come from? Is that your work or is that images
0: you found or? Oh, that's. Um yeah, from the beginning I, I, I had certain ones that I wanted to have and I wanted, that's like the irony of the of the pink and blue one mm. is I thought it would be like a more feminine based cap. Yeah. But majority of the guys go for that one. Yeah, I love it. Um, I actually enjoy that one myself as well. Um, but I wanted to have this um, Sakura sort of blossom season cap that was going to be the one and then the mountain one was going to be the other one. Mm. And then the other cloud one was just going to be, yeah, and, and another one of the caps in the line. And I wanted to have two versions of that. Um, the panel cap sort of aiming towards the sort of, I don't know, race day cap, so to speak. Yeah. And then the, the trucker, more ultra runner sort of style yeah, cap. Yeah, out, in um, the, out for a long day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to be comfortable on that on that long day and things like that. And then yeah. also when I went traveling in that... So it goes back to the origin story of a Goku. When I went out traveling um, like around South America and different places, I always had a cap with me. Yeah. You know, we had, this, had these cheap caps from Bali originally. Oh, I picked right. up there at the market. Yeah. And I carried these caps with me everywhere. Yeah. But they're the normal sort of like cardboardy peak, mm-hmm. you know, like yes. a sponge cap. But I had that, carried that all over the world with me. And then I thought like, oh, you see a lot of people on the plane they got the trucker cap and it's quite pristine and they don't put it in anything because they don't want it to get squashed. Yeah. And they wanted something that you could just throw in somewhere, let it get squashed, pull it out and it takes its shape again. You can and stick it,
1: a, it. I mean, the race ones, you can definitely stick down the back of your ultra pack. Like you don't need to be wearing it all the time. Yeah. It's so foldable.
0: Yeah. And it's the same with the trucker. I yeah. wanted the same thing with the trucker just to have that where you can squash it down and not worry about it. Yeah. Gonna, you're going to take it on, and it's lost its shape and it's destroyed. Yeah. And you can wash it easily and things like that. And then just pop it back on and you're good to go.
1: This, is, this isn't this is your full-time job, right? You ha- you're you no. an electrician? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. what was it that convinced you to sort of bite the bullet and start your own
0: business? COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the electrical business is my own as well. Yeah. So sort of self-employed, so to speak, there. Yeah. And um, started that, been doing that for probably self-employed in that, for 12 years now, doing that, running that as my business. Mm-hmm. And then, a goku was on the back burner for ages. I was running through the woods. Well, I was been trying to come up with something for so long.
1: You knew you wanted to do something. I knew I wanted to running do, and...
0: yeah, I wanted to do something and I just didn't know what the product would be. Yeah. And then,
1: I'm trying to find that link between ultra running and electrician. <laughs> what do they mean? <laughs> there's, there's, there's no link at all. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was just trying to, I knew I wanted to do something different. Yeah. And then I was out for a run in the woods one day and just struck me. Like I've always had this obsession with caps.
1: Yeah. For some reason. You're a cap wearer in your day to day life.
0: Yeah. I'm the and, same. And, I don't and, know why. I always wear a
1: cap. Yeah. I think and I've th- got sensitive eyes. <laughs>
0: I'm,
1: I'm always conscious that when I, like when I'm in a, a really white place and the sun is bright, I, yep. I have to like squint. Yeah. Um, and I can't wear sun. well, I can wear sunglasses, but I've got glasses. So you got it's- glasses, it's awkward. so it's harder, yeah. So yeah, I'm always wearing a cap.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just growing up I used to collect them. My dad mm. was a mechanic and then yeah, right. he used to bring back some of these like mechanic product based caps. Yeah. Like you get champion spark plugs and things like that. Yeah, he used yeah. to bring these caps home and I used to collect them and then I have like the A Team cap, the Airwolf cap. This is dating me badly but <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what you're saying <laughs> i'm sure you know
1: <laughs> well i guess i mean when you think about the fact that you run ultra marathons which we'll come on to yeah i guess it's not necessarily surprising that uh you are comfortable sort of trying new things and and experimenting a bit have you always kind of been that way a bit of a free spirit a bit of a uh, i suppose so yeah
0: yeah, I've always been up for adventure and exploring and mm. things like that. And we used to go over to what they call the Wild Coast in South Africa, which is the old Transkei area.
1: Where is that in the country? Like which coast?
0: Um, I don't know if you know where Durban is yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, and yeah. you got Port Elizabeth, which are probably the two right. main cities on that side. It's sort of halfway between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very much sort of rural um, African community there. A lot mm. of people still living in the round mud huts with mm. the thatch roofs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we used to often hike up there. There's good surf up there. A lot of people go up there for surf, but you can buy like buckets of crayfish for super cheap. And then you just like, yeah, you camp out there, you've got a fire, some crayfish on the fire, just like awesome lifestyle. Yeah. Because one of the things that this
1: podcast is about is, you know, the southeast of England is is one of the most crowded corners of England. And living and enjoying the outdoors can seem like not possible here if you don't know about it mm. you, coming from south africa which is such a much more remote country much more untouched in some ways by civilization like is that was that a noticeable shift in culture i know it was so long ago but
0: i just felt very squashed yeah didn't it the space yeah. you're just lacking that space yeah whereas over there you've got so much of it mm-hmm. um and land that's presumably less, a bit more
1: wild. Yeah. I mean, there's really no, particularly in the Southeast of England, there's really no area that's not been touched, even woods and stuff. They're yeah. Man, they've, they've been shaped by people.
0: Yeah. 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 That's what sort of, when you think about America and you see the ultras and things over there, yeah, it looks very remote.
1: I know. I, I, I feel like I'm, I should be in America sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've been to Colorado and I was just like,
0: wow. have you been there?
1: Yeah, I went there, f- that's amazing. I went there a few years ago and um, it's just stunning. This yeah. was sort of before I was into ultras and stuff, so I didn't do any races, but yeah, I definitely want to do one there. But it's I'd, a different kind of experience. It's a lot more, you know, it's, it's it's more demanding in some ways. It's more dangerous in some ways. Like yeah. there's there's a lot to be said for the sort of safeness of running in the southeast. And
0: Yeah, you haven't got any of the snakes in that over here. Snake well. lions, <laughs> not
1: much, al- you know, you're not going to get altitude sickness, you're yeah. not going to get snow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I always see images of Monument Valley in, mm. in the States and that always... Is something i'm drawn to probably watching like the western movies with my dad when we were mm. growing up yeah we used to see like all the he used to watch a lot of westerns and then watching all those and then seeing like images of when they're riding through on the horses through monument valley and places yeah. like that and i just i'm yeah. a big uh, sucker for country music and Are a lot of the
1: mythology of country music is okay. like about that open yeah expanse and just sort of yeah. being a free-ranging cowboy yeah which i'm very much not but um, <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to pretend i was yeah um it's clear like from looking at your website and social media and talking to you and stuff that a big aspect of ugoku is not just making a good hat but like building a community around the yeah. business and and that's obviously something that you kind of share with other um businesses in this space um, i'm thinking of centurion the company that brought us together yeah um and other companies like runaway and the, the community is such a big aspect of it do you yeah. Is that something that is really important to you as a business?
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's on my Instagram. If you see, I probably link back to lots of other people on there. Um, I do link back to a lot of other people on there. And that's, Mm. I don't want it just to be about the caps and that. Mm. Even if I'm running along with someone, I won't mention that I'm selling caps and things like that. (laughs) Don't carry a bunch with you. (laughs) No. And a car machine. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no I, I, that's that's something secondary to me. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, the the community is the thing that I really love about all of it. just meeting people out there mm. and just chatting with them and hearing people's stories and things like that yeah, and totally. how they got into it. And yeah, everyone's got a, everyone's got a story to tell. Yeah, and, and it can
1: be quite isolating is the wrong word, but in everyday life, you know, if you tell someone that you run ultra marathons, the general reaction is why or yeah. Yeah. I know, they always say, I don't even like driving that far, yeah, etc. Yep, and there's quite a relief sometimes to just be with people who completely get it, yeah, and know what it's about,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when we we're after this challenge, um, last weekend,
1: yeah, so she did the four by four by 48, yeah, so that's four miles every four hours for 48 hours,
0: yeah, she did it as a challenge, um, to herself, but as a fundraiser for UNICEF, um, for the Ukraine, yeah, and um. I think that brought us a lot closer together, to be fair. I'm sure. running with her. And so the were you her throughout? Uh, I, was, I was doing the night runs with her mm-hmm. and then sort of helping her out during the days. Right. And then there was a few other people that ran with her at times, but um, quite a few of them were by herself and yeah. that, um, and she's not a runner per se, so she's not a runner. No, but she did 48 miles <laughs> yeah. in 48 hours. <laughs> She, she's. Uh, if you look at her striver and that, you'll see she does like, an occasional five k run on the weekend, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like eighty k's for the week. <laughs> it just shoots up uh, dramatically. Sounds like my striver. Yeah, That's why I'm injured all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think after that, she 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 has a good idea of what it's like to sort of endure and put yourself out there. Um, yeah. and I think yeah, it was a good. It's a bit of quiet time as well, away from the kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, running the streets of Amersham. What a relief. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing beats that. It's true, though, because there's there's, there is that initial hurdle sometimes of when you complete that first one. Not even an ultra, you complete that first half, where you you overcome that first barrier that you've set. Yeah. Yeah relief not just the relief the the reward of that is yeah enormous yeah so it can take pe- getting I, over that first hump and then it, you're like I oh, think oh I there's
0: a little bit of relief when you're crossing that finish yeah. line where you, you so badly want to see the finish line near the <laughs> end uh, he's yeah. like "I just want to get to the finish now yeah. sit down for a bit <laughs> absolutely yeah
1: one of the strange side effects of running ultras is that quote unquote shorter distances like half marathons and 10ks become very short yeah like yes they're more intense but when you get to 8K in a 10K race, you're like, I've only got 2K to go. That's basically, yeah. in ultra terms, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, So that's a nice side effect.
0: I think holding on, because you know how long you can hold on for during an ultra, and then you, that, that suffering for two hours is nothing compared to the yeah. six hours or, exactly. the, or the 10 hours or yeah. however long you're going to be out there. Exactly, yeah. So you feel like you can hold that push. Well, for, if you're for two for hours longer. from the
1: finish line in a 50-mile race, you're already thinking about, you know, you're yeah. in the closing stages. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: That's when you let everything lapse, all the nutrition and yeah. the hydration. It's like,
1: oh, I'm almost there. Dive into the woods. <laughs> well, we could talk about ultra running actually, because we actually met during an ultra. That's right. During the North Downs Way 50. Yeah. Uh, in 2021. Yeah. Um, how long have you been running ultras?
0: 2019. Okay. It was my first one. And that was the Tring? So trim. still a fresh fish, really, in the ultra terms. That was the Tring 50K? That was the Tring 50K. I've yeah. still not done that race. I really yeah. wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. I was devastated at the end because you get to 50Ks and there's still 2Ks left. <laughs> <laughs> That's heartbreaking That could be end. a there shot like,
1: coming from road running where everything's, you know, pinpoint accurate. Marks exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah but you're, I remember on North Way going back to that. Yeah. Mike and I came up behind this guy. had an amazing gait and we we're looking at this guy just <laughs> bouncing along the trails and then that was you. And you looked past him and there was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad we, you said that. I yeah, think it
1: was like, I'm struggling to recall exactly where, but it was probably 10
0: miles in or something. It was, it was relatively It was early. just before you crossed that bridge um, oh, on the yeah. river. Yeah, yeah. Near Guildford there. Yeah, because um, we ran together for a bit. Then we ran together for a bit and we were yo-yoing back and forth and then yeah. you decided to take off and leave us behind <laughs>
1: I think it was the only race where I ran faster than you but you had a you had a bit of a bad day that day I remember. Oh,
0: I think North Downs you would have beat me but was that North Downs? was North that Downs. That was North Downs. I oh, think okay, yeah.
1: You beat me in the other two. Um Chilton Monland and Wendover. Cuz in Wendover we were 2 minutes apart or something. It
0: was Yeah. Close Wendover run. was close at the yeah. end. That was tough. That, that was, was rough really tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That last loop was just horrendous. I could yeah. I couldn't run downhill at all. Yeah. I was in this like hobbled sort of walk <laughs> downhill yeah. and I could actually still run uphill, which is strange for me because my strength is down. My strength is downhill and not... Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, my strength's definitely
1: on the up. But everyone worries about the elevation at Wendover. Yeah. And they the don't truth. necessarily think about the descent because yeah. those climbs are so, you know, steep. Yeah. But they're kind of... I don't want to say they're easy because they're not, but they're a bit of a relief sometimes when you've been running and running and running. Yeah. You have an opportunity to just walk. Yeah. You know, no one's running it. Yeah. I remember Charlie... Oh, I've forgotten his surname now. Charlie Harper. Charlie Harper. He obviously lap, lapped us all. Yeah. Um, when he lapped me, which I'm glad to say he only did once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, <laughs> it was on one of those climbs. It was on, I think, Chilton Screaming is the name of that one. Um, and he, I was quite relieved to see that he wasn't much faster than me on the climb. Like, there's a kind of maximum speed you can do those climbs. Yeah. And then when we hit the flat, he was just gone. Gone. You know, He yeah. was yeah. sub five minutes. Yeah. pace
0: he was absolutely flying um i don't know how they do that i don't know how they maintain that quick speed over that distance it's just incredible yeah i found off the 35k's i'm already in the pain cave <laughs> yeah yeah because you're doing the it, south
1: downs way 100 right this year yes so yeah. that's i don't know how i fell into that is that yeah. have you done longer than 50 miles before
0: no 50 miles was the farthest and i was supposed to have the serpent trail as my stepping stone right. after North Downs which would be the Serpent Trail 100 yeah. you did the 50k I did yeah, yeah. yeah it was an amazing race yeah. yeah so a friend of mine Mike that I was supposed to be running the 100k with um, last year I got injured on North Downs oh, I hurt yeah. my ankle and my foot badly Yeah, and my Achilles um, so I deferred that to this year right so I haven't had that stepping stone to the 100k as yet Yeah. And I'm not going to be jumping into the 100 mile it's a long way yeah But i just figure i need to just back off the pace and just go Mm. at a much more conservative pace
1: do you think like the grand slam was was helpful in that regard because it was this year-long project it wasn't about any one race it gave you that real sense of perspective because i i felt like on each of them maybe with the exception of wendover because it was the final one i wasn't really thinking about running a fast time in that race it was all about like staying healthy staying fit
0: yeah, and that's why I was a bit panicked after North Downs because North Downs I was injured and then I was in physio for two months mm. trying to come back from that and try to be ready for Chilton Wonderland. Which Yeah,
1: lucky there's a big gap there, isn't there? Exactly right,
0: or. exactly right. Because I had a niggle after South Downs mm. and then I went into North Downs. They're so North close Downs. together. And they were
1: even closer because of COVID. They were five weeks
0: apart, I think. Yeah, yeah. So after 10 Ks into North Downs way, I could feel my Achilles mm. and then 35 Ks in, I was in and mm. just like hobbling along and then I, I walked a good portion of that mm. and then just try to run the last bit. Oh, I um, have Sam Relief because in the uh, Grand Slam
1: table I finished above you, but only because of that race. <laughs> All the other <laughs> ones <laughs> where, you when, were where faster. Did,
0: where did you come in the Grand Slam table? Though? 13th, I think. Okay, I think I was 14. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. I didn't even know about that Grand Slam table and I, <sighs> I remember at uh, the start line of Wendover Woods yeah there's another guy that was running at ray I, I met him through through the slam yeah because you meet a lot of people through the yeah slam. definitely and he mentioned to me at the beginning of that so he's like oh i just need to stay 10 minutes ahead of you and i'll beat you on the slam table <laughs> so i was like the whole thing i was like i wish He'd worked you worked out the average well i wish you had never mentioned that to me because yeah. then not the whole way through Wendover, i was trying to just stay ahead of ray
1: did you he- Did you stay ahead of him? Yes,
0: well we saw him because you know some of those loops you can see each other because you sort of cross over the loop Yeah. and you could see each other and I saw him and he was probably half an hour behind me. Oh, right. So I was like, oh Ray, you better pick up the pace (laughs) if (laughs) if you're going to get that 10 minutes. I think,
1: but going into Wendover, I think I was 11th on the slam on the slam table. Okay. Um, so I dropped two places. So either I had a bad day or someone had a really good day. But yeah, there was two
0: um, guys out there that I shouted to, and they they were on on a mission. Really? So I think they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they wanted to finish high on the slam. I table. think
1: I uh, uh, I made a strategic error that I'm going to correct next time I go to Wendover, which is which is this year, which is on the first loop. I took it really easy um literally off the start line yeah and that is obviously a good strategy in ultra running but this is the one race where it's probably worth going a bit faster because the queues do you think those, so on that first climb yeah i was stood in a queue for like five minutes it took so long to get uh, up okay so okay. i i lost a lot of time on that loop
0: yeah um, i went yeah i'd run the course because
1: you and chris took off chris was like in 12th place or something at the first aid station yeah i'd I'd
0: I'd, I'd I'd a few week, probably maybe a month before I, I, don't quote me on that, but um, I'd run the course with Chris. He knows the course super well. This is Chris Peters. Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, so he knows the course super well. So I wanted someone that could show me the loop because yeah. I, I don't know the loop. And without the, on, when you're not there on race day, it's very hard to navigate. Yes, and and even the GPX on the watch and the the, the amount of little parallel paths and things in yeah, the woods. Yeah. Woods there. and so the, it's, that
1: gully going down yeah. towards the Ridgeway.
0: Yeah. So he showed me the loop, and we did a couple of loops there. And, um i think we went back again and ended um another two loops mm. and we went out super hot on those two loops mm. and at the end of that which is 20 miles is 10 miles a loop yeah. I, i'd felt like i was a, i'd already done 30 miles you know so i thought not to go out too fast on the first loop but then come race day you end up excited and mm. i'm always super excited for race day and i get there <laughs> and then um we went out and when I saw the time we had finished the first dupe, I was like, oh, we went out too fast. Mm. What was the um, time, do you know? Oh, it must have been like 150 or something like that, which oh, for yeah. 10 miles doesn't sound fast, but the amount of elevation yeah. on that course is ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty fast, yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, stats, race stats, yeah. who cares? <laughs> um, it was a great experience. Actually, each race, one thing that was really struck me and coming back to the subject of, you know, living in the southeast was that each of those four races was so different, even though... Mm. On paper you know they're not far apart they have their own character and yeah it was a real nice opportunity to particularly also because they were at different times of year it was a real nice opportunity to explore you know our i guess the southeast's four main what three main points of interest which are south downs north downs and the Chiltern hills yeah um, and wendover being a particularly cool part of those hills yeah
0: little ancient woodlands over there yeah Yeah. really awesome climbs as well
1: a little bit barclay-esque on some of those climbs um, so coming back to Goku, you started the business, you launched it at the end of last year.
0: Yeah, that's right. And
1: how's that been? How's it been going?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, good, good. I, f- I feel like it's ups and downs, you know, you sort of hit a patch and you think, oh, it's taking off. And then all of a sudden it goes quiet for a bit. And then yeah. You, then, it, yeah, so it's up up and down at the moment, just trying to get visibility and get out there. And
1: are, yeah. you, are you planning more caps or are you you're focusing on the ones you've got at the moment?
0: Uh, I've got... In my head i've got a whole product line mm-hmm. but it's just bringing that getting getting the funds in sort of the yeah. balance of getting money in to get the next product out yeah and things like that
1: um, and are you going to stick with headwear or, or are you going to branch out
0: uh, eventually the, the the idea is to branch out but mm-hmm. i want to have a good headwear range and then i want to sort of focus quite a bit onto the trucker style because i think it's a bit mm. something a bit different yeah, to the market um whereas the panel caps are a dime a dozen there's so many out there yeah um that i want to try and focus on the truckers i feel like i've got something a bit different there
1: yeah they're, they're a bit more of that kind of uh western states aesthetic <laughs> you know bringing that american style
0: yeah i, I, I like the i've always liked the tracker style so i suppose it's a bit for me it's a bit of a selfish product but no <laughs> you've got to do what you like
1: i mean i must confess i love the panel caps so Please don't stop making them. No,
0: no, they won't stop, they won't stop. Yeah. yeah.
1: You mentioned you've got South Downs Way 100. Yeah. What else is on the cards this year? Are you doing anything else?
0: Yeah, so I've got the next one is um, the Chilton Ridgeway um, oh. with Runaway Racing.
1: Oh, awesome. Is that yeah. the 50K?
0: The 50K, yeah. That'd be great. It's one I've been wanting to do for ages, actually. I saw it when it first came out and yeah. um, I've just been procrastinating on it. Since. Have you run
1: a Runaway event before?
0: No, I haven't run, I've run some of their social runs, Yeah, but I haven't done any of their races, so I'm they're quite, really good. Uh, quite keen for that. Yeah, shout um, out to Chris, they're really
1: amazing, Yeah, amazing events.
0: Um, and then I've got um, South Downs Way 100 after that. All these races have been a build-up focused towards South Downs 100, because yeah. it's my first 100, so I'm quite yeah. anxious about that, yeah. anxious and excited, and yeah. Trying to you fo-
1: it, you're not running it with the time in mind, I take it, or are you?
0: Well, I want to do sub-24 because everyone wants that one-day buckle. Yeah, that's the goal, isn't it? You need, you need to get that. Um, if it's a good day, I'd like to do 22, mm-hmm. but that's ambitious. I think I read
1: somewhere, someone did some calculations that, based on finish times, that if you do the first 50 miles in around 10 hours, you're on track for 24 because you'll slow down quite a lot in the second. Okay. But 10 hours is still relatively brisk you know, for 50 miles. It's not relaxed. No, it's not. Yeah. No, no. Especially with those
0: hills as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And the weather, I mean, June, it could be anything, but in the past, that's been a really hot
0: race I've seen. Yeah. um, I think the the year we ran, it was really hot as well. At the fifty. Yeah, the it South was, Dance 50 was it was a warm day. I remember getting sunburnt out yeah, there. Yeah, I <laughs> got sunburned.
1: It wasn't like hot, hot, but the sun was ferocious. I actually got burnt on the right-hand side of my face because that was the south-facing side. Yes,
0: because you're traveling point to point. Yeah, so you're always going in the same you've direction. You've always got the sea on your right. Yes, and, and the sun on the same side. That's going to make an
1: amazing Strava file as well. These direct, these these linear races that Centurion do. Just yeah. on Strava, they look so awesome because you've actually yeah. traversed like yeah. half the country. Yeah,
0: just getting back to the car 100 miles away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: oh, God, yeah. The transport involved. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: um But then I got uh, Serpent 100K, which was deferred. Oh, when's that? July. That is July. That's actually three weeks after the hundred, which wasn't planned, but it's deferred, and I can't defer it again because I've deferred it once. See how you feel. Yeah, it's an awesome race. Yeah, the trail looks amazing. It's stunning. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's
1: a proper trail runner's run. It's not like wide. footpaths and chalk it's like zigzaggy te- beautiful not technical to run but just really keeps you interested you know it's yeah, not just that's this, my type of race I yeah like it's that. really really fun yeah amazing and on, on strava it looks ridiculous because you i think the start and finish are like 10 miles apart but you just like I zigzag like this, like, all the way around yes yeah,
0: the serpent shape isn't it yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: a really cool race so the, the question i want to ask to wrap up is you've run all the Grand Slam races, you run a lot of places in the southeast. What is your favourite southeast scenic spot?
0: Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Where do you where do you feel
1: happiest? Could be your own backyard here in Amersham.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, for me, the race that I really enjoyed, um, and I probably just just loving the Chilterns so much would be the, the Chiltern Wonderland Fifty. Yeah, I just love that race. I mean, there's so much on it, and it's so different, and there's some runnable sections there's some steep climbs it's yeah
1: that windmill climb
0: that windmill. i didn't climb. know about that going in. <laughs> you didn't
1: no and you can see it from this. about a mile out you can see the straight because it's like a straight line up the hill yeah i just thought surely that's not where we're going yeah please, please yeah. no
0: that is that is a hectic climb yeah 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 It's yeah. yeah, um, an amazing course yeah i don't even think you can eat on that climb <laughs> No, just, it's just very much hands on knees climbing up that. Yeah,
1: I got to the top of that and the bloke in front of me just sat down and Did I he? got a picture of him lo- <laughs> looking over the view.
0: <laughs> Trying to recompose himself. Yeah, I don't think
1: that's even halfway, is it? It's, it's no, maybe it's, 20 it's, miles it's, in or something? Yeah, it's not that far in. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a beautiful spot to run. And they've done a really good job with that course. Like, yeah. it feels so, it feels like they've really worked to pick the best spots. It's not just a random loop.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, st- yeah, you've got, you got, you got very little road. There's yeah. lots of trail, and
1: even the road you're on, though it's that nice country road. It is quiet, like you know, lane style, and the time of year with the, you know, it being almost autumn, end of summer. It's such a lovely time to be out all day. Yeah,
0: I mean that last section as well because you're going through the woods and that on the last sort of stretch. Oh, yeah. I was a bit delirious by then. <laughs> that 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 part is is awesome. Yeah, and the first time I did it, I didn't I didn't really have legs left at that point. Mm. But um, that part is actually really nice. Yeah, running. Over there,
1: I remember finishing, and you were sat on the lawn, oh that's looking right. very relaxed. I think you have been there. <laughs> I, a couple was giv- of hours. I was giving
0: you a shout out as you're coming past. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird finish line because it's like
1: there's there's the crowd, but then you just like walk around the side of the village hall or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. You're done. That's everyone's
0: it. everyone's sat on the on the grass there in the park. Yeah, that's so it's good. nice. I like that atmosphere as well. It's a nice little finish area. You know, oh, it's you great. Show, yeah, yeah. yeah you and know. you can you can clap everyone coming on that last stretch. And yeah. I like that. We can sort of yeah, just enjoy the rest of the day. That's definitely a race I want to do again just yeah. for the, for that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Daryl. Oh, you're most welcome, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully it's uh, all concise and makes sense. And it's a rambling mess, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's my side. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my chat with Daryl as much as I did. When I was putting together this podcast and thinking about who I'd like to talk to, Daryl was pretty much top of my list. In fact, he was the first guest that I interviewed. Although he'd never brag about it, he is an excellent conversationalist, and we've always just had such great chats in the past, whether we are out on the trail or just sat outside a village hall in Goring feeling pretty exhausted. If you want to find out more about Daryl's amazing headwear company, and I really recommend that you do, you can head to ugokuprojects.com, that's U-G-O-K-U, and then projects, or you can follow the company on Instagram, at ugokuprojects. And do remember to check out that YouTube video in the description if you haven't already. Tune in next week when I will be talking to a true legend of the London trail running scene, David Bone. One half of coaching duo Daz & Bone, David and his business partner Darren Strachan co-direct Camino Ultra, a running events company offering ultramarathon races right in the beating heart of the UK's capital. During the episode, David told me about how he fell in love with exploring London's hidden green spaces during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. I learned so much, you know, I, I sort of really threw myself into the, uh, the history of which London, you know, some of these routes were routes that were, you know, put on the map by monks and, uh, you know, wonderful kind of religious history and battles, you know, in, those, in that early period, Ed, you know, I, I found so many of them um, in or very close to London. There are no bonus clips this week, so all that is left for me to say is have a great week and I will see you next time.